Welcome back to the Lost Joystick Network, episode 36. I am Mike, Hi, Mike. your host, joined as always by my co-host, Jay. Jay, say hello. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good. You know, I'm so good I had to say it twice. All right. No, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it's been good. That's also it. good. That's, that's good. Not really. It's good that we feel good. I feel great. Anyway, what have you been up to, Jay? Nothing. That's As not always. true. That's not true. That's not true. I've been up to a little bit. You've been up to something. I finally beat the beautiful ass game, The Last of Us. Oh! That game is amazing. I'm glad that you finished it because I agree with you. It was great. It, we talked about the whole, I got a PS4, I had the Xbox. I've been bouncing around with all of them. I'm not upset I got the PS4. Now I want a PS5 so I can just play Last of Us again on PS5. The enhanced resolution, yes. fancy version. And then you can play yes. Game Plus once you beat it and you can just Ooh. plow through it. Just set all these motherfuckers on fire. If you want. Unlimited crafting, bitch. Ooh. I know. Sexy. Just walk around the flamethrowers burning their Unlimited range for your listening mode thing, whatever they call it. You can, like, have unlimited range for that and shit, mm. too. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, you get that. But no, I did. I really like that game. A lot of the reason I talk, I got end up getting into it was because you were talking about it, John. It, it's one yes, of those. I thought it was a great game. It's one of those things where you hear enough people who you like talk about it, and they're, like, glowing, and you're like, all right, <laughs> fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm okay. So cool. What'd you think? What did you think of how it went? It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's anybody. It was shorter than I thought. It was, really, it really was. I, I know I started out really slow because I was kind of like trying to navigate and figure out my way around it. Yeah. But once I got into it and started really, I guess, I, I don't think, I think it's a little excessive, a little harsh, but I would say grinding in the game. You don't really grind a lot. No, you don't. But it, uh, but once I really got into the game, it was quick. It was, 10, 12 hour game? It's less of a grind game and more of a, I have to check every corner behind every bush for resources type yes. game. That's, that's, you don't really like grind out stuff. You just constantly look everywhere you go. At uh, least that's my strat. Yeah. But well, that, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from it for a minute, but I'll end up getting, I'm going to do, I'll do last of us too. I was just going to ask you if you thought you'd play the next one. I will. I've went back and forth with it, but I think I will. I liked it. I was going to hop into something different just to mix it up a little bit. So To, to our friend Tyler's credit here in the chat, it is a longer 30 game. 30 hours of the last... It's a longer game, but there's a good reason, and I liked it. So, yeah, you'll, you'll do it. It'll give you a good reason to use the PS4. True. Thanks to Kyle at Retro Replayed, Burton, Michigan. Thank you, Kyle. Why are you thinking, Kyle? I should be thinking, Kyle. <laughs> I was thinking We should think Kyle show. every day. I do. Kyle's a great guy. I, I'm inviting him over for Thanksgiving. Yep. I didn't even get an invite. Yeah, you I did. I did. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't you fucking say that, you <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I only do the podcast. We've never spoken outside of work, he yeah, says. Yeah, we, we walk out the door and we, yeah. pu we punch the clock and we're on. Anything else? You do anything else? Had a Mexican pizza. Did? 
We had yeah. Mexican Pizza doing our uh, episode research. Yep. Yeah. For the game we are playing tonight, or Correct. talking about tonight. Correct. I'm not going to give that away, though. I mean, if people are looking over our shoulders at the multiple TV screens, I could probably figure it out. But I'm not going to. I feel like we should eventually stop hiding that. It's pretty obvious what's going on. Like, yeah, if is. you're watching the live stream, it's in the title. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the title. So, And we normally we're not, have the game predominantly right. displayed in front of us it's and on there, the two TVs and here and, and here, here. Yeah. we're going to go straight heel and play like <laughs> conquest of the crystal palace instead. I was going to say the only <laughs> thing we could do more with this is we could have just recorded, done this episode from one of our cars. We should have done that. We should have. No, I have a laptop. That would have been a terrible and, idea. No, that would have been awful. But either way. So, but no, I haven't. I mean, other than that, well, McKenna's birthday is tomorrow. But yeah, that was really about it. I didn't do a whole lot. So I guess in comparison to most episodes, that's a lot for me. That's You've contributed more today than you have ever. And I mean that's cumulatively. Yeah. Yeah. Like all together. And I have more, surprisingly. So how, was, yeah. how about you? What have you been doing? Anything new? The uh, mornings with LJN. We're going to put that in the mornings with LJN segment. Yeah. So, oh man. Went to Mexico, right? Had oh my yeah, trip. I forgot. We haven't even done a no, show since. I haven't done a show since the trip because like I... We recorded, then I had to have it edited and posted by Sunday because I was like, oh, shit, I got to get this done. Because if I didn't, it would have, it wouldn't have happened for another week, you know? And then we were gone. No, I wouldn't do it. No, I know you weren't going to do it. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust you. (laughs) So, so, no, I do trust you. I'd like for you to do some of the editing. That would be phenomenal. Thank you. We left Sunday and came back that Wednesday and it all went great. You know, the, the place we stayed at was amazing and. You didn't drink the water, did you? No, but some people on the trip did. Ooh, and party they, foul. They suffered. They did. It's it's a true, that is not a myth. <laughs> you must be careful about what you ingest. And for those people in radio land, as you like to call it. Yes. If uh, they don't know, that would be the equivalent to the uh, X-Lex scene in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. When It's uh, not good. From what I heard, I didn't have yeah. that problem. I don't know. It's not my fucking problem. I don't know. So, I but no, we had a great time. Stayed at the Four Seasons out there. It was on the north side of Cabo and La Ribera. And it was beautiful. If you're into like big palatial, all-inclusive resorts where people just kind of are constantly trying to help you out, it's a cool place. <laughs> I have one story from there. Do tell. So Amy and I, we had, we had plans for Sunday when we got there. We had a dinner with work people. And then Tuesday night, the last night we were there, we had dinner planned as well. So Monday night, we were kind of left to our own devices for, for dinner. And there was a place in the resort called Casa de Brasa. So we're going to go to Casa de Brasa, right? And we're getting ready. And it's like seven. You know, we have like reservations for eight. And then we get like a housekeeping. So they're coming to do turndown service, right? Yeah. They're doing like turndown service. So Amy says, no, thank you. We're good. You know thank you very much and she you know closed the door so we proceed to get ready and about 20 minutes later we're leaving and we're up on like the third floor so there's like a ground level entrance which is the second floor then you go down stairs to go to the first floor and you go up the stairs to go to the third floor and these are all like autonomous buildings so there's only one you go up those stairs you're only going to our room right like anybody's yeah. going up the stairs is going up to the room so we come out of the room about 20 minutes later we're leaving for dinner and the woman is standing there right outside of our door. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm first of all, I'm startled because really nobody should be up there, right? Like th- these stairs only lead to our room. So unless somebody's coming to our room, which we're not expecting at this point, there shouldn't be anybody. So I, did I, you shiver and like? 
Throw her in the closet? No. She oh, came. Okay. To, she I, she was there to do the turn down service, and I, I don't know if she ever left. I didn't know maybe if you sidewalk gymmed her and I did not sidewalk gymmed I did not. Just I did not hit her with a and... stick and throw a motorcycle at her. No, I did not do any of that. <laughs> but anyway, so but that was like the kind of story. Like I said, the trip was great. It was very nice, and um, I had a good time. Other than that, while while I was there and on my way there and back, I got back on my Zelda bullshit. I played the Breath of the Wild pretty extensively on my new OLED switch the drunk led switch yeah the drunk switch yes drunk switch. that's what we're going to call it now it's yep. the drunk switch i took it with me started all over and i'm probably through 20 of the shrines and i've unlocked a number of the towers and i'm I, i've already beaten one of the divine beasts and i really love that game like i you know thanks to our friend john who you know on the show and in the chat I never really gave that game a fair shake until he and I talked. He was the first guest we ever had on this show, and we yeah. talked about that game, and he talked about how it was one of his favorite games ever, and I was like, really? What am I missing? Like we were talking about with The Last of Us thing, where you're like, yeah. okay, I need to try this out. And I did, and man, it's just, I just love that game so much. It's like it's, The Last of Us, then you made a good call. Yeah, well, it's it, it's amazing, and I love it. So I've been back playing that pretty extensively on the new Drunk Switch. I'm trying to repair a Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine gave me a 64 some time ago with a 1702 monitor and a couple of 1541 disk drives. The drives work intermittently. The Commodore itself works fine, except for I think the SID is bad, like the Moz 6581 CPU for the sound processor, which, by the way, those things alone now sell for $70 to $125, just the SID. It sucks, man, because I'm like, I'm worried that that's the problem. I've kind of taken it apart, looked at the board. It looks like it's fine. I'm going to reflow it. I'm going to test some voltages, all the nerd stuff you do. But my worry is if that chip is bad, then I'm like, everything works, but the sound, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, that's the most expensive part. The monitors, the other, but you could hook it up to anything, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, just buy a new 64. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it probably is a bad sip, and I'm probably going to, or sit, and I'm probably going to buy another one. But I've never been a big Commodore guy, but I, I felt like this would be the one I would clean up and keep. It came with a bunch of software. I was using my copy of Pitfall 2. Like, like I bought a copy of Pitfall 2 at VGS in 2021, 2021? I think it's 2021. And it came with both the Atari and Commodore 64 versions in the box, which was not correct, I'm sure. But I pulled it out and I was using it as a test for the drives and it would load that, but it wasn't loading their disks. Come to find out it was just, you know, just coincidence. It's it's not just the disks. There's something with the drive too, but I got to, I got to futz with them. So, so I've been messing around with that. It's all torn apart on the bench right now. And then what else? Oh, does anybody need a medium res arcade monitor? I got a Wells Gardner K7500 medium res monitor I'm trying to get rid of. Because I need a Wells Gardner K7000 standard resolution monitor for my Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, the, we talked about that. You were going to put that monitor in the cab, and it wouldn't fit line up. I got the Mortal Kombat cab. I'm cleaning up the garage last weekend. I'm like, I'm going to... The monitor's sitting on the ground right there yeah. with, the, with the front adjustment board and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to put it in the Mortal Kombat cab because I want it off the ground. I want it secured a little bit. And, the, and it, has nothing, it has the mounts, but it doesn't have anything else in it. I go to put it in it, and the mounts, it doesn't fit. They're not the right, uh, you know, orientation. Dumb. So a uh, very annoying, but whatever. So Dumb. yeah, I need to get, <laughs> I need to get the right monitor because I want to put that thing together. That's like my, my plan here. So, but I can't find one. I found a guy in Dayton that has the right monitor. So the next time I go to get Connor, if it's still on like marketplace, I might reach out to him. Cause the guy obviously is a guy who collects. And also he has like a CRT rejuvenator. He's a nerd that fixes them. So I'm like, 
this one's probably going to be handled and taken care of well. Yeah. So I might buy it from him, but I got to. Well, even I if you don't get, down get Kyle, you could, uh, if don't get Kyle Connor, Jesus, you could even uh, go over to. No. Don't say what you're going to say because it's not even close. It's in Dayton. It's not that far. Don't say it. Go to John's. John's. To Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, yeah, I can do you that. You got to get your I got to get all my him. stuff back, but that's like halfway. That's an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. It's 3.30 to Dayton. Okay. I have You're to go there at some point. there. We're arguing like like we're married, but I'm going to tell you, I, I already am going to have to go down there to get Connor at some point, so I'll just do it then. <laughs> I'll probably do both then. All right. Why would I drive three and a half hours to come back to drive down four and a half hours? I don't know why you do a lot of things you do. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That is not incorrect. So anyway, that's yeah. what I've been up to. I was trying to work on the Mortal Kombat thing, and the monitor is not going to work, which I knew that, but I need to get the right one, and the Commodore shit, and my Zelda bullshit, which I am enjoying extensively. So. Your Zelda thing is getting out of hand. I like the game, man. What can I say? It's a good game. It's Everybody good should game. play it. You should play it. I should. I, know, it I, is, I have other stuff to play right it now. It is the best $60 you can spend on a new game. You can play that game basically forever if you want. Like I don't even—I have three hundred plus hours in the old the old one I played. <laughs> There's no like, oh, you gotta you gotta buy the ability to you know get a paraglider. It's it's just there's no add-ons. There's none of that. But there are like expansion packs. But the yeah. core game is sixty bucks, probably less if you know used, and it's worth every fucking penny. So anyway, we got an email. Did we? We got an email from our friend Sean, who if you if you know. LJN historians out there, of which there are LGN none. historians. But if there are, Sean was the first person to ever email us. Valdor was the second. Asa was the second. Oh, Sean got the buy me bone storm. Sean was the buy me bone storm or go to hell. And yeah. Asa was as well, but he was he did it after. Hmm. We have email. Yes, we have an email. It's true. So he emailed us. Uh, he is a uh, chef. We have a link tree. We do have a link tree. <laughs> Sheffish is his name on Instagram. That is S-H-F-F-S-H. And Sean emailed us to say, quote, I heard this was the best way to get you guys to buy something. And that I have nothing to sell. It is all mine and you can't have it. Encourage Jay to buy anything, though. Even groceries. And fulfill his obligation to the show. Also show him the attached picture of a record I recently purchased to try and motivate him. Now, two things. Number one, the record was the Transplant's debut. Hell yes. Which was on like milky white and blue, like kind of like the colors of the album, right? Yeah, that so was like pretty bad. Tim bad Armstrong, uh, Travis Barker, and then the guy that was the roadie that became Skinhead the lead Rob. singer. Yeah, Skinhead Rob. That's it. You know, I knew you'd know. So yeah, he got that. <laughs> Number two, you did buy something. We aren't there yet. I didn't hear the goddamn collecting update music. So we ain't talking about shit that I bought. I got groceries. We'll talk about that. Oops. <laughs> so I guess that should lead us into our next segment, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I guess so. Jay, so Mike, you've been buying anything recently? 
As a matter of fact, let's go. I did. We we did it. Regale me with the tale of your purchases. I bought a new vacuum cleaner. What brand? Dyson. I have a Dyson actually. It's a quality brand. It's a quality brand. I actually didn't buy a new vacuum cleaner. I still am rocking this. That is a quality vacuum, though. I bought a couple games. What? I bought a game. What? Yeah, I know. The other one was pretty much given to me. You don't even know what to do. So we went to Kyle. So we went over to Kyle's. When did we go to Kyle's? We went Saturday, didn't we? You came over whatever day that was, and you were like, "Let's go to Kyle's." Yeah, I was like, "Let's go to Kyle's." And I had to message him because Kyle has the propensity of saying, "I'm slow. Nothing's going on. I'm leaving." Yeah. (laughs) Which humorously enough, he we ended up staying over at Kyle's until like ten thirty. We were there late. We stayed late. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, we shut the sh- he shuts the shop down at 8, and then we just hung out and chatted. It was probably yeah. about 9, 9.30. About yeah, an hour, hour about and a half. But. Yeah, we chatted for a while, but while we were there, something happened. Well, I had mentioned a while back that when Cowabunga Collection came out, I wanted. I told Kyle, if you get a copy, I want it. I don't care, because at that point, I had the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the Switch, and I was like... I don't care what platform. Just None of which were yours. It. Yeah. No, no, no. The Switch was. Switch <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. But uh, we, uh, so we're sitting, we were actually sitting there. I wasn't going to get anything. I looked at games about, PlayStation games about four times. And I'm like, I'm not getting another game until I finish Last of Us, which I have now. Yeah. Um, and we were sitting in the back room and you were by where he gets his, basically whenever he buys anything before he gets it. It's where he goes to price catalog everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you're standing there and you just glanced over and you pick up Cowabunga Collection for the Switch. I'm like, what in the fuck? <laughs> what in the fuck? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I, uh, I ended up getting that. I haven't played it yet. No, I know. You had to finish I, Last yeah, of Us. I had to finish Last of Us, which yes. I finished last night. So That tells me that Kyle doesn't listen when you talk. Yes, exactly. Which I already knew. Yeah, I knew that too. But so I ended up getting that, and but then that wasn't the only thing that you got. What you got something else? I got Spider Man for the PS4. You're a PS4 guy now. I am. You're a PS4 guy. No, you've been converted. I have. You asked me a I question. Like what do you think of the controller? And I said I think it's amazing. I do. And you love that controller. I do. So yeah, I, I do. I'm a big I'm a big fan too. But I'm I'm glad to hear that you've uh, you know come around. So you were setting up the PlayStation for our show for tonight for our our testing right and our playthrough uh, yes our playthrough and uh i just glanced over and I, your ps5 controller was sitting there yeah so i picked it up and i was kind of fooling around with it not playing anything just fooling around with it and i don't mind the way it feels but i i, I think i like the ps4 controller better i left it out because i was just trying to be a big man and brag well, aside the fact you have a giant ps5 set yeah right it's there. out there too but and that's why that was the main reason I had asked. But yes, um, I was interested just to see what your thought was because I do. I mean, the PS5 controller is nice and all, but I really like the feel of the PS4 controller. It's just nice. I really like the PS4 controller too. I like the haptic feedback stuff they do on yes. the PS5, where it's like you have to push something down harder, or like when you play Last of Us and you go to like use the bow, it's harder to push oh, down. Yeah. That stuff's cool. But yeah, it is. Uh, the four is is an awesome controller. Uh, we'll get back to that when we get into our our actual show. So you said you bought something else. Oh yeah, I got Spider. I am getting Spider Man. Yep. So yeah, I got Spider Man for the PS4. Yep. So, which I I didn't really buy it. I mean, I guess I can. So I got a copy from Kyle, but it's a used copy, and notice there was a nick in it. And you said, I think I have a copy at the house. You can just borrow mine. And we'd already gotten back to the house, and then 
you look over at your stack of random games you have, and you're like, oh, I have a sealed copy. I don't know where it came from. Well, it's greatest hits. Who knows where that came from? It could have came out of the garbage or like the sewer. It's greatest hits. <laughs> it's got red all over it. I mean, I know it's Spider-Man, but still. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you, can ha- you can have it. Sold. Three ninety nine is my favorite price. So, well, then, yeah, you did buy it then. I did. Yeah, yeah. You acquired it. It is yours. I did. Very good. So well, what about you? That's really I, all I got. I, did I got not, something, though. I did not buy that much. Okay. It so, would have been a real good plot twist if I said I bought stuff and you were like, yeah, yeah I didn't buy anything. I didn't get anything. Moving on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I should have done that. Fuck. So I have been, our friend Robbie, who we'll talk to in a little bit, has been brokering a deal for me through his friend Nick. Uh, I think it's Shep's, uh, Shep Talk on Instagram, he used to be Cartonageddon, was yeah. his name when he was collecting. Uh, so I'm kind of buying the bulk of his NES games that are left over with boxes and manuals. Most of them are boxed, most boxed with manuals. Most of them I have the games. So I mean, I have all the games, I should say. So I'm kind of trying to figure out if I, what I'm going to do. Some of it are, well, some of them will be dupes. I'm going to bring them to like Midwest Gaming Classic. I don't have them yet, but it's probably like 70 ish of them and nothing like super expensive. There are a couple of decent ones in there, but just a lot of stuff I don't have. And he was giving me a nice price and he's a good guy. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get them from him whenever the next time I go to Chicago, if it's on the way to Midwest Gaming Classic or prior. So I got that going. I picked up a couple of other boxed NES games just by chance. Uh, a guy that I know, Cameron, uh, his name is Cameron Lowry. I met him at VGS uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. He um, and I've gotten to know each other, and he has a Facebook page that he kind of they kind of sell stuff through him and his, his friend Fadi. And he had gotten a bunch of NES games, and he had Totally Rad and Baseball Stars 2. And I was like, well, those are two I want. So I already had, like I said, I already have the game, so I bought them off him. They'll pro- they're probably at the house today. They might be there today. I, didn't, I haven't been home today. So I got that, and I bought some MXPX records. So MXPX finally re-released like the individual records. Uh, they put out a box set last year, and there are three records that I wanted. So I bought those. Uh, though I think they'll be at the house today. Jerry showed up here at the shop today, so I imagine they're oh, probably okay. there. I forgot about those. And then I know I talked about it on the last show, but I did want to bring them on because I got my shipment from Heritage Auctions. The big boys have arrived. 9.4A Wii The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Have you ever played that game? No I never had it, now I own it, I can play it Break that bad boy open I actually believe I have that for GameCube That was the crossover Zelda's the game that always has the crossover Whether it's like this game Or Breath of the Wild They always like transcend systems and put them on both the old and new I know what they're doing with that they do that to keep people pacified because it takes them so long. Because you know they're doing that new Zelda game next year, right? Yeah. There's a 24. Yeah, something on the throne. May, May of next year, so allegedly. They'll do that one on the Switch. Yeah. And then that one's going to carry over to whatever the predecessor to Maybe. the Switch will be. Maybe there'll be a new Switch. Switch Pro. Switch Pro. All right. What else you got? Shining in the Darkness for Sega Genesis 7.5 complete in box. That's fancy. It is a 7.5 box, an 8.0 cart, and a 6.5 manual. This is the first game in the Shining series. That's right. I'm a CIB I didn't know Genesis past, uh, graded collector now. I, I'm going to corner the market on graded CIB Genesis games. So far, I'm one for one. All right. 
the investment potential is off the chart. It is true. The final piece, one of my favorite things I've ever purchased off Will this of, be the proverbial coup de gras? The coup de gras. One of my favorite things I've ever purchased off Heritage Auctions. I buy a lot of dumb shit. I know that. And I like the dumb shit. It's funny. I think it's funny and I enjoy having it. That's my drum roll for you. A permanent fixture of the set. Jalico's shatter hand. Mike Pitts himself. Shatter hand. <laughs> yes. 7.0A shatter hand. Why did you not dress up the shatter hand for Halloween? Maybe next year. Maybe I'll go for Midwest Gaming Classic as shatter hand. That'd be good. I'll stand behind the counter every time everyone wants to buy something. I go to give them their change or their car back and I go, ah, and I like punch at them. That That'd could be pretty bad. That could probably, they might, that might be a problem. But yeah, I not scoop, if you have asshole glasses and sleeveless shirt. People will totally some, be okay with that. If I have some pit vipers and my hands like shredding back to become like a robot hand, they'd probably yeah. be cool with it. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. I thought we were cosplaying pit fighter. That's, uh, that's not off the table. It could be both. Look, the, that guy could absolutely have been in the crowd at Pit Fighter, okay? It's the right era. It's the right look. And he seems like the kind of guy that might have he showed up. Gave, he maybe gave Sidewalk Jim a shiv. <laughs> he, he, he might have been up on the uh, high, uh, the freeway overpass by the car, <laughs> fighting in the street. <sighs> anyway, Ooh. enough about Pit Fighter. That's old news. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I bought. Nice. And, and uh, yeah, I, I don't have any plans to buy anything else but who knows what will show up at kyle's i mean i'll buy something true. i always do true anyway actually you know what i heard that you need i didn't even think i didn't even think about what is it that i need is uh so you know you, you just recently talked about the uh ps2 chainsaw controller yeah that we should have got out which by the way yes i said let's get it out and play with it and you're like no no and like, i was like we no. really should have yeah we should have we really should have Apparently, I didn't even know they made the chainsaw controller for the GameCube, too. Yes, they made both. I that, think you need both. Truthfully, that was the one I really wanted because that yeah, was the one when I first played Resident Evil 4 and all that stuff. That was the platform I played it on. But this one showed up at Kyle's shop. So what are you going to do? We're going to get you one. Yeah, someday. We're going to find one. So, Jay, that brings us to the topic of today's show. Yes. What is the topic of today's show? Today's show? It's going to be Ridge Racer for the PlayStation. Correct. <laughs> that is right. Ridge Racer for the PlayStation. Jay, tell me a little bit about the release of Ridge Racer, both in the arcade and the PlayStation. We're going to center on the PlayStation version, but I want to talk a little bit about the release of both. Yeah, we always touch points on uh, if there's multiple. <laughs> Go on. Okay. So the release of the arcade, it originally came out in Japan, October 30th, 1993. Devil's Night, 1993. Do they call it Devil's Night in Japan? I think they only do that in Detroit. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm pretty sure. North America was November 30th, 1993. So exactly one month later. Correct. And then in Europe, because they're always behind us. Yes. They got it April 26, 1994. I think it's the PAL TVs. They're the running at lower hertz. So things are slower and it takes a while to get there. So Europe needs to get good. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been there. But then on the PlayStation. So PlayStation came out just over a year later in Japan, December 3rd, 1994. And then North America was quite a jump. It didn't release here until September 9th, 1995. Yeah. And Europe was September 29th. So 20 days after us. So Jay. In 1995. There's a good reason for that though. 
Why would you speculate the reason that there's such a disparity in release dates for those three systems? I bet I know. Tell me. Did this little fancy guy here come out at around that time in the U.S.? Man, you are two for two. You're on top of it. Yes, this was a launch title Ken for... Jr., baby. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. This is a launch title for all three systems. So it was launched with the original PlayStation in Japan mm-hmm. and the U.S. and in Europe. Nice. I thought it was nice, too. So, pop quiz time, Jay. Oh, shit. Here we go. Yep. I'm going to give you... I hate this. There are 10 launch titles for the original PS1, allegedly. These are all within the launch, I would say, the few days it came out or whatever. Can you name any of them? And don't look at the back of that box. You cheater. There's, I don't think there's any on there. There might be. Give there's me any of them. I'm trying to think of a launch title for it. Ta- Tekken. Tekken? Nope. What about what game did we play because we had to because there was no better alternative yet? You, you, I know you know this. Medieval? No. Ballerina Toshinden? Correct. Oh, I didn't. I looked at that one and said, not Ballerina Yeah, It was a launch title. That is the only reason anybody bought it. Yeah, but yeah, that would have been <laughs> the only reason I bought it, I guess. So the launch titles, along with Ridge Racer, were Battle Arena Toshinden. ESPN Extreme Games, Kalik the DNA Imperative, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Power Serve 3D Tennis. The How Raiden. could I have missed Power Serve 3D Tennis? Look, that was the one I've been the most disappointed in myself. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised we, we haven't done an episode on that. That's our next episode. It's not Pitfall 2. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Sorry. The Raiden Project, Rayman, obviously our, our friend Ridge Racer here, Street Fighter the Movie, and Total Eclipse Turbo. A good way to kind of determine that those were launch titles, and again, this is not perfect, but they came in these big Sega CD slash Saturn slash early PlayStation long box cases. Yeah. The big jewel case, the long box with the, the plastic clips. There are three, I believe, iterations of the long box, right? There's the Ridge Racer style here, Mortal Kombat 3 style. That was on a launch title, but it's not yeah. the same era. There is the Resident Evil version, which has the ridged plastic spine yes. on the end there. And it's got the and cardboard, it's, where, it's the cardboard always, where the flaps always pop up. Yeah. And then there is like the Destruction Derby style, which is more of the, it's all a cardboard box, glossy, and it kind of holds itself together. There's no clips yeah. or anything like that. So, but yeah, those were the launch titles for the old uh, PS1. Hmm. September 9th, 1995. I remember it like it was yesterday. And in fact, that button that no one can listening to the podcast can see that says, ask me how to, you know, pre, you know, pre-order your PlayStation was the button that I wore when I was at Funko land in 1995 prior to the launch of the PlayStation. And I have had that button now for 27 years because I am an idiot. You but, are an idiot. I don't think yeah. that really but has anyway. anything to do with it, but so you want we, to tell me some gameplay and story info? I was hoping you'd ask. Because oh. I have well, some I notes. gladly will ask. I've got notes relevant to the gameplay and story of Ridge Racer. So Ridge Racer is an arcade-style racing game. Yes. Okay. It originally was released in the arcades, and that experience was fairly faithfully replicated with the PS1 game, I would say. I'd say so. And I say that because... There are options, but they are kind of limited. You have a single track, but the track expands based on the difficulty. So it's really one track, right? Yeah. But they did a lot of work with the one track. So 
There's four levels of difficulty, novice, intermediate, advanced, and time trial. As the, as the difficulty increases, so adds to the track, right? Kind of adds on to the one track. Yeah. There are different cars. I believe you have three different cars that you start that you can choose from, but you can also unlock nine other cars you can unlock total. You keep changing this now. Well, I'll, I'll get to it, but anyway. There's automatic and manual transmissions. And then you can choose what song you want to play. And we'll talk a little bit about that and the music as well. But this this game has Redbook Audio. It has a very techno-heavy soundtrack. And you can choose what song you wish to play when you race. Or you can just let it choose for you. So every time you race, they, you have 11 opponents. Except when you do the time trial. When you race in the time trial, you actually have a 12th opponent, which they call the 13th Racing which is about the dumbest fucking name I've ever heard. The 13th. I thought that was wrong. I was like, that's a typo. It's the 13th racer. Nope. The 13th racing. And it is also called the devil cars an all black car where they kind of debased the design on like a futuristic design. Like what do we think cars are going to look like in the future? And they made it all black and like the fastest car in the game. So if is you kind of like the Ford probe in the uh, back to the future too, when they go to two, October, 2015, I don't think it's like that at all. Cause the probe went out of style and like, 98. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, it's exactly like that. I don't know. No, it's not. You can unlock the devil car if you win the time trial race. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I just learned that myself. Now I don't want to play it. Yeah, well. So we can unlock the car. Okay. So anyway, more about the gameplay (laughs) and story. You can have collisions in this game, but it's more of like an arcade style collision where you don't crash. Like in Daytona, if you're playing like Daytona, you crash and there's that crash animation. Your car goes up in the round, you know, up in the air, and then you and come it back damages down. Your car. It damages your car. There's none of that in this game. What happens is you hit a guy and you kind of he keeps going the same speed and you slow down, and yeah. it's so fucking annoying because I'm like, dude, come on, I you can't keep going the same speed or not like wipe out. I just ran. I just tried to like freaking pit maneuver you. Or pit fighter maneuver him. I'm like trying to sidewalk Jim over here. Good sidewalk Jim. But but anyway, so that's a little annoying. And you, uh, up you didn't throw a motorcycle at it's, him. I, you know, it's not a motorcycle racing game. <laughs> There's a time limit. So you're not only racing against the other cars, you're also racing against the clock. And there are checkpoints in the game. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're fairly liberal. I've never, I don't remember ever running into a, yeah. a, a moment where I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to make the next checkpoint in Ridge Racer. They seem very uh, fair. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And uh, yeah, so let's see here. When you win a race, you unlock the ability to race that track backwards. Same track backwards. And that's what I mean. They did a lot of stuff with the single track. Do you so, drive your car backwards or it's just the track? No, the is track just is backwards. completely backwards. I think it would have made it more fun if you had to drive your car in reverse. Yeah, that would have been fun. Damn. And. There's also a mirror image version of the track where rights are lefts and lefts are rights and all that stuff. That's where you drive backwards. Nope. Oh. Same right. regular driving, normal driving. Well, this game fucking sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> once again, it is the same track, <laughs> except for they mirrored it, they reversed it, and they added to it. So you're saying you can't drive backwards? Mm, I didn't. I didn't find anything like that. Okay. But I'll I'll dig deeper. Okay. So one of the cool parts or annoying parts, depending on your point of view, is that this game, when it loads, because, you know, this was a launch title for the PS1, 
people were concerned about load times. People are used to cartridges and all that stuff. Yeah. One of the things they provided was Namco decided they're going to stick a old Galaxian in there. You can play Galaxian while you wait for the game to load. Doesn't take that long. And one of the bo- one of the benefits is if you get a perfect score on that screen of Galaxian while the game loads, you get to unlock the other eight cars. Pretty snazzy, if you ask me. That is pretty snazzy. Yeah. Another cool thing was not related to Ridge Racer, but not related was R4. So Ridge Racer R4 was released, uh, I think, in 98, right? A few years later. And there's a bonus disc on there that is Ridge Racer, but with improved graphics. It plays at 30 frames per second instead of 60. It supports vibration feedback. It only had one opponent, but it really looked good. It kind of showed, I thought it was neat because people call it kind of like a tech demo. It was cool because you could kind of see how Namco, once they became familiar with programming for the PlayStation, how how much more advanced they could make things look, right? Yeah. It was just kind of neat. So I, I really liked that. So, uh, so that is a little bit about the gameplay and lack of story for Ridge Racer. Jay, why don't you tell me now, I'm going to have you tell me a little bit about the background and development of Ridge Racer for the PlayStation. The original PlayStation. For the original PlayStation. The OG. The real deal. Number one. <laughs> My God. The top dog. So it was developed and published by Namco. 1992 Namco arcade racing game called Sim Drive was the prototype for Ridge Racer. Yeah, so this was a game that Namco developed in 1990. They took it to the JAMA convention. They kind of showed it off. <clears throat> it used like polygonal graphics and it kind of became the predecessor or prototype for Ridge Racer. Originally planned to be an F1 racing game. Yeah. Did you know that? I, I learned that by writing the notes for this show. I'll be damned. And I they, learned it by reading the notes from the show. They wound up changing it because it was yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> they wound up changing it because it was kind of like the trend that you were like doing like sporty cars and they were like, everybody was driving in mountains and stuff. They didn't want to do like an F1 thing because they wanted people to be able to drift and like, I don't, they just wanted a different setting for the game is what it sounded like to me. Yeah. Like to do more in line with like the current trends in Japan. And it kind of tied to what you were saying. They wanted to make a game which allowed players to test their driving skills and experience cars manipulation cars manipulation at high speeds while mastering mastering drifting now if you've ever played this game there is no mastering of the drifting in this game this game you start to drift you just hold on tight and wait <laughs> you, you'll fishtail for quite some time it seems to me i never really hit the brakes so maybe you can like remedy that by hitting the brakes but yeah i would i would start drifting and then just be like oh my god i'm just like shoo, shoo. Like it just never ended. Yep. I remember that when you were in the tunnel and I was like, just ride it out, ride it out. You were like, it's going forever. So So. anyway. Okay. So it was developed from scratch due to platform differences. Yeah. They struggled with development because it originally was based off of, I think the Namco arcade 22 system that they had or Mm -hmm. something like that. And they want to, you know, they're developing for a brand new platform that isn't even out yet. Right. Like this is all, this all had to be done to be released with the console. So they had to kind of start all over, and it was like an eight-month process to, to re, completely re, redo it, essentially. Wow. But I think, from a, from a port perspective, I thought they did a pretty good job. I think they did a good job. Yeah. I mean, it's got its deficiencies, but I mean, it's going up against a an standing arcade, arcade yeah. machine. Yes, of course. So, so it's pretty good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But So one of the things I did want to talk about is... <laughs> 
the the coolest thing I thought from all this that I learned was they developed a standard arcade. I know we're talking mostly about PS1, but I want to talk about this. Yeah. They developed a standard arcade, and then they had Ridge Racer Full Scale. And Ridge Racer Full Scale is... It was released at the same time. Mm-hmm. It featured a real... They call it a Unos Roadster, but that's the Mazda MX-5 Miata in the U.S. at the time. A real Miata, okay, with a right-hand steering wheel, other side of the country, whatever, world. And it used a 10-foot-wide front-projected screen to have you play the game. You sat in a real car. You started the game by turning the key in the ignition, okay, and you used all the controls. So you would drive by hitting gas. You would stop by hitting the brake. You'd use the steering wheel to steer. The vents would blow air, right? And then, like, sounds for the road and stuff would come out of speakers, and there were speakers above your head for the music and stuff. But but it is like you're quite literally sitting in a real car playing Ridge Racer, and you actually drove as the Miata in the game as well. So it was pretty interesting. I mean, they, they have a picture of it on you know online, and I was like, man, I, where where are these? These they cost a quarter million dollars U.S. to make back then, or to buy, I think is what it was. Yeah, and that's you know the equivalent of like whatever four hundred plus thousand dollars now. So what do you think a Miata cost back then. It, it wasn't two hundred thirty thousand. It might have been thirty. So I was thinking thirty grand. Yeah. So two hundred thousand dollars for the rest less. of it. A ten foot screen would have been a big deal in nineteen ninety four, three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Front projection and all that stuff. But yeah, that was pretty uh, a pretty interesting. I don't know. It's just like a total anomaly where you literally sit in a real car and you use the controls of the car to play the game. So I thought that was neat. That's kind of cool. So tell me a little bit about the music and sound. I was going to ask you to tell me about it, but I can tell you. I want I want to hear it from you. You want to hear it from me, huh? Yeah. I hope. <laughs> there you go. I hope you like techno. Yep. Because <laughs> if you Where don't, you're going to have bad time. <laughs> you pizzas when you should have French fried. <laughs> you do that, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's pretty heavy on the techno, on the techno side. So the soundtrack was produced. I'm no, I'm going to butcher his name. You got it. Shinji Hoso. I would say that's right. Shinji Hoso. Okay. That sounds good. Um, So he also did uh, Dragon Spirit, Final Lap 1 and 2. He was the lead composer for a lot of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Street Fighter EX series. Yep. Ordine. Little vertical shooter. Oh, yeah. Ordine. Sorry. I missed that. That was on the the Turbo Graphics and PC Engine. Yep. Uh, He did Bushido Blade. Yep. Bushido Blade. Bushido Blade. I think it's Bushido. He was the lead composer on a couple of games that you uh, enjoy. Yeah, back in the day, my wheelhouse, Tekken yep. and Tekken 2, for the PlayStation versions. Yep, the PlayStation versions, which we played extensively. And as With soon the as, sucker stick. Yeah, that is right. The sucker stick propped open the drawer. Yeah, the door. We had the, you had the boot. You had the, um, I did the swap boot Yeah, back in the day. Once I read that, I was like, well, yeah, duh. It's all techno-y kind of music yeah. with, with Tekken as well. Tekken, yep. Tekken, techno, makes sense. Yeah. So tell, there was one thing that was kind of specific with this game. Kind of tell me a little bit about it. So we talked earlier about the loading, right? And how the when you play when you loaded the game, you know, you it loaded Galaxy and you could play it while it's loading. The cool part about this game is after the game is loaded, it loads it into memory. It never references the disc again. Okay, so once the game is loaded in memory, you can pop the Ridge Racer game out and the techno music that maybe you don't want to listen to. And you can throw in any CD that you like, and it will play music from that CD. I thought that was kind of cool, so we that did it. kind of cool, yeah. We threw in uh, Rage Against the Machine. We did. It was very interesting because it doesn't start at the beginning of a track. It just arbitrarily like picks the middle of a track and then goes. Yes. So, But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. 
So what we got for some reception? Okay, Jay. Not the wedding type. Turn it over. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Hurry. Don't read them. I know you didn't read them yet. No. All right. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to pop quiz you here. Polygon's top 500 games of all time. Where do you think that Ridge Racer... Put that down. Don't do that. Don't you look. Where do you think that that game landed? Top 500 of all time. Is it on the list? Can I at least have that? Your guess can be not rated or your guess can be a number. I'm going to go not rated. That is correct. (sighs) All right. Man. Now... Got another one. <laughs> Put it on the board. Three for three. Game Informer's top 100 games of all time. Where would this game have landed in Game Informer's top 100 games of all time in 2001? Six years after the release of this game. Hmm. I'm going for the cycle here. Not rated. Wrong. Damn. Swing and a miss. Number 51. Those motherfuckers. The, and I will give you Fuck their... Game Informer. They got bad taste. <laughs> Not rated is always a safe choice. He, he's Tyler's out here playing the odds. Absolutely correct. There's millions of games. There's only 500 on the list. If you're not sure, go with not rated. <laughs> game Informer's blurb on the re- the review of the game is. Can I flip this over now so I can look? No, here? there's more. Oh shit! You can't. I'm not done yet. I got two more to go. Can I quiz you? Yeah, I, well, I wrote these, so sure, if you want, okay. I know the numbers. Before Gran Turismo forever changed the racing genre, Ridge Racer was the definitive speedster. As one of the first PlayStation games released, its texturing hasn't withstood the test of time, but its gameplay has. Famous for its unique power slide steering, (laughs) Ridge Racer was essentially the first racing game to push players to perfect the controls, master the courses, and complete perfect runs. While it only offered one course, it proved to be more than enough to keep gamers hooked. 51 out of the top 100 in 2001. Now, Game Informer's top 200 games of all time in 2009. Eight years later, many games released. I, apparently, there were at least 100. I can't think of any, but that's, that's not here or there. Where do you think this game would have landed eight years later in the top 200? With it being 51 before and at least 100 games coming out after. I'm going to go ahead and say it got bumped. Not rated. Wrong. Damn it. It persevered 14 years after release, number 170 on Game Informer's top 200 games of all time in 2009. Yahoo UK's top 100 greatest games of all time in 2005. The top 100 games in 2005. Yahoo UK. What do you think? This is the last one. This last quiz. 75. Wrong. Although it was rated. 23. I should have asked you rated or non-rated. 23? Number 23 in addition to finishing first, Ridge Racer introduced the goal of driving with style, using commentary to congratulate drivers for their slickest maneuvers. Gameplay as tight as its nightmare bends. Now, I'm going to give you a bonus one. Actually, two bonus ones. The Guinness Book of World Records did their own top 100 games of all time, and I think it was 2009 or 8, 2008. Where do you think that one landed? Was How it rated or not? It 100. Was, it was rated. What was it rated? I'm just going to go 75 again. 20. It was rated 20. Damn. And then GamePro did a review as a part of the release of the PlayStation that an issue in September 95 when the PlayStation came out. They stole our infographic. They stole our infographic. I completely agree. Yep. They stole all our faces in the exact same grading scale. I I agree. It's it's not. I got to talk to these GamePro people. Oh, they don't use different people though. They want graphics and sound and control and fun factor. That's but that's that's what they're challenge. That's the iterative part, right? Dicks. That's where they're trying to get away with it. 
Right. Oh, was that how it's like how not Vanilla Ice got away with it? Isn't not gonna, it? Get, not gonna allow that. It wasn't done, 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 done. He got it sued. Done, 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 done. He got sued, but he won, didn't he? I don't know. I, I don't, don't give remember. a shit. Okay. Game Pro basically gave this very high scores: five for graphics, five for sound, four point five for control, and five for fun factor. So that came out to like what four point eight seven five or whatever. It's almost a five. You round it up, it's basically yeah. a five. And the review was: get ready to put the pedal to the metal. With gameplay that's as fast and fun as real racing, Ridge Racer is the ultimate in racing games for the home systems. Now, in 1995, at home, I'm going to say it was. (laughs) At the time of this publication, you know, coming out, that's probably accurate. So, that is a little bit about the reception of this game. Receptione. Now, it is time... To talk about the LGN game ratings. Ba-ba-da-ba. I'm going to let you. We need an intro for that. Yeah, we might need one. I'm going to let you start writing down what you believe they will be. Okay. Okay. We're going to call Robbie first. Hello. And now. Six foot six. From the University of North Carolina. The mustache king of Chicago. Eight bit supremacy. Robbie Coleman, everybody. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. Good evening, Mr. Coleman. How are you? I'm a little sleepy. I'm a little sleepy. I almost I was thinking a little post work nap ski when you were uh, doing the intro to this riveting game <laughs> episode. So did you did you play the game? No, I'm just talking on my ass. I I did not play the game. I didn't get around to playing the game, but I did play Pit Fighter again. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, that's kinda of amount to something, huh? That's that sounds that's something. <laughs> I played a lot of a lot of other games that weren't Ridge Racer in the past week. Let's talk about that then. And then we'll just come up with a fake score for the game. <laughs> well, not a lot, but more than usual. I um, played through a, a shmup on the Switch called Sturmwind X. Okay. Which is like, uh, I think it was like some kind of homebrew-ish thing some guy made for Dreamcast, but finally got poured to the Switch. Is Ridge it Racer a okay. hidden feature in the game? <laughs> no, sadly no. Oh. No, there's no Galaxian load screen on that one. <sighs> All right, go ahead, I guess. I played that. I played Pit Fighter again because I got hung up on trying to beat that thing. And I got to, <laughs> I got to, I got to the last guy this time, the ultimate the warrior, whatever his name is. And then I got smoked, and then I just turned it off. And I have not revisited it since. You're next. Um, that yeah, <laughs> I was next. And yeah. I, I actually, now in hindsight, I'm looking. I'm like, I guess I didn't play that many games. Just those. <laughs> <laughs> It's Robbie Coleman, everybody. Right. <laughs> Bob Newhart, everybody. So, Robbie, so what's your review for Pit? What's I your score for Pit Fighter? Games, I picked up a lot of games with intentions of playing them, but just didn't have time. Did you um, buy them, or did you just pick them up from your collection? Like, you picked up and looked at it and go, I should play this, and then you just put it back on the shelf. Like, I, I, no. picked up, I, I picked up Pit Fighter. I actually played a few games in the NES to, like, kind of visit some titles I wasn't familiar with that are just in my collection. Yeah. Boy, man, have you ever plugged in a uh, plug? <laughs> you ever put in a uh, 
Adventures of Rad Gravity on the NES. That, that one's a real stinker, man. That's a, that game is a stinker. That is a... Uh, that's not a good one. That is no, that, that goes yeah. on the bad games list, my friend. Yeah. Great name. Bad. I love the name. It's always like, oh, wow. And then that was one of those games that would always troll me when I first got back into collecting because I'm like, surely this is not an easy game to find. And it's like four bucks. And I'm like, oh, it's everywhere and it sucks. <laughs> Like Doctor yeah, Chaos, but without the macabre imagery. <laughs> I, I put in Destination Earth Star, which is like a dirt common NES game you can just get for three dollars anywhere, and it's actually a great time. Yeah, like, man, I've, been, I've been overlooking this like common gem for like ever, just because it's just like I lumped it in with like I don't know any other space shooter thing that's on the NES. I like book. Common Gym better than Sidewalk Gym, so <laughs> I can't. I mean, aside from playing. MK3 and MK2 constantly. That that's about it for gameplay. But I picked up a lot of stuff surprisingly because I haven't really been collecting at all this summer. I've been selling shit off, and um, I actually <laughs> that's probably why I've been collecting more stuff again because I sold off six hundred fifty dollars worth of <laughs> NES boxes for my yep. collection. Yep. To uh, Cody's game room. Yeah, yeah, Instagram. yeah. He's just one of those guys. that's like if I don't have it, give it to me. So he needed a bunch of cardboard and i supplied that and um so i had a little funny money to play around with in my paypal and i've just been kind of buying things left and right like yeah not like crazy i don't really have an agenda anymore with collecting i just kind of kind of freestyling it you know it when you see it yeah so i picked up prize fighter on the sega cd not to be confused (laughs) with pit fighter that's a terrible game it's like a raging bull simulator basically terrible game i've always kind of been fighting the urge to buy it every time i see it at a store and then yep. the other day i was like ah 15 bucks finally finally gonna get it that was and then I, I didn't even play it just when i was shell that might have been one of the first sega cd games i got my hand on hands on is once i got back into collecting i remember being like oh i remember this game and i'm like it'll look good on the shelf i know it's trash <laughs> and it it, it is <laughs> in addition to that i got Today, I actually picked it up. I was talking to you guys about this in the group chat. A brand new copy of Sonic CD on the Sega CD. And, like, the reason I say it's brand new because it literally had a, a legit seal on it with a big slash mark in the back. So the the store that got it in tore the fucking seal off because I asked them what they're going to price it at. And they're like, well, we can't price it as a sealed game because it's, like, half open. No! The yeah, value. I know the value, <laughs> but they opened it and just priced it as a CIB. And I was like, I'll come buy that. And it's like a, literally a brand new game. I was like, well, it saves me the grief of having to open a sealed game and destroy the value. I feel like it so, could have been graded a C seal. It would have been a C, been. you know, that's it the lowest been, seal. It would, grati- it would have been gratifying if I were able to open that seal, but they, I got to the store and they'd already done it. I was like, damn. Kind of, kind of Son of a that. bitch. Yeah. There's three. A seal grades, but then B and C. I don't really understand the grading system. Why are there five different grades for nine, but then there's only, yeah, it doesn't. I don't know, but of all the Sega CD games to pick up, like, a new copy of. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty happy, I'm pretty happy it's that one, because every time I've ever come across it, including the one I already had, it's, like, always something wrong with it. The CD, the, the disc is scuffed. Or all those, of all those it's games. It's a common game that, yeah. that was played a lot. It was played a lot. And that's, like, one of the few games people actually bought and played for that system. I agree. I agree completely. And, and it's, I also it's, picked yeah. up at the, the same purchase. I looked behind the counter of the local media chain I was at, the exchange, and I, I uh, saw all four Doom 
novels that were released in the nineties. Yes. I actually, I actually owned two of those back in the nineties. I bought from B Dalton books at my local mall. And, uh, I like forgot, they, like, I don't know. I like scrubbed them from my memory for some reason. And I like recently, like somehow unlocked that memory and I was like, Holy shit, I forgot those books existed. And then all four of them just magically appeared at that store. And I was like, I'll take all those full set done. So I have all those now. Yeah. Actually, I mean, if you're going to read a, a video game adaptation book or just like a book based on a video game, they're actually not that bad from what I remember. I, I mean, I might, I was also like very young reading them, but. Do those books star Doom Guy? Doom Guy is the star of the book. Prominently, you're, you're, prominently you're, displayed. You're, you're the perspective of Doom Guy the whole time. I see. From what I remember. From what I, remember. I also got Kid Dracula on oh. the Game Boy. That's not an easy one to get. That, I know that's a very like heavy pickup. I don't. I, it was kind of on my list a, a long time ago, and I crossed it off because I just gave up on buying very expensive games. And but it kind of fell into my lap. Local collector, just like he's a condition freak, and he didn't like the way his looked, and wanted when he does that, he like just sells it off and buys another one. Tough break so for I, you. I, 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 I always reap the benefits of that because he'll text me on the blues like, "Hey, do you want this crazy rare game for like a significant discount?" I'm like, "Yes," and then he'll like bring it to my house literally because like drive it across town and give it to me because he's in a, a hurry to get cash and uh it was a perfectly fine cartridge i, I didn't find anything wrong with it so whatever that, what, uh, i have that you know. yeah like that that sounds like the dream scenario <laughs> yeah it was a bit, i don't know it's dropped in my lap and now i have it I, Very nice. I, yeah, I, really, I really want to i also if frank if frank is still in the chat he is him and I have been texting back and forth for a while because I've been trying to pick up a copy of Mortal Kombat 3 for the PlayStation 1 off of them. It's been like months here of just like playing phone tag, I think. And I finally had some free time on over the weekend to go out in his, to his neck of the woods and grab it. So I made a little journey of it and I dropped off all of your games that you're buying off Carmageddon that I was brokering, apparently. I dropped those all off with Nick Carmageddon out in the burbs, swung around and picked up Mortal Kombat 3, and after all that back and forth messaging, as soon as he handed me the game, I was like, man, one of these fucking sighs on this game is sun faded. What are you doing <laughs> to me, man? I was like, what are you doing to me? He's like, oh, I didn't see that. And I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's just a trade. And then I got home, and then he was sending me text later in the night, like, sorry about the sun fade, man. And I was like, it's cool, it's cool, we're just trading. It's not a big deal. But Frank seems like the kind of guy that would have done something like that on purpose. Yeah, he's no, he, he does not. He has it in for me. That is the last thing I would think he would do. Does he own a he purple to tank swing, top and a shirt? He, to he tried to swindle me by giving me a game and telling me, telling me to hit him back later with whatever the hell else he wants. <laughs> Sidewalk Frank. Sidewalk Frank. <laughs> he's out there um, shanking you. I think that's about it. I got Shredder's Revenge for the Switch in the mail. Oh, nice. That's like something I literally bought like a year ago or whatever the fuck it was pre ordered. And then it disappeared. I was like, oh, that's cool. I heard it's great. I got to play it. The last thing I bought that was not even really for me, well, I bought a bunch of new old stock uh, Industrious Lorenzo arcade buttons that were legit from a Midway Games ra- uh, warehouse raid. Nice. Not that cool. I think it's cool because when I inevitably get a real MK machine, I can pop the original new old stock buttons I have in their wrappers. Yeah. I'll wrap them and put them in. But in addition to that, like I've been searching the ends of the earth for um, the button that is on War Gods, the arcade machine, it's a extra big fat button that just says 3D in big letters on it. Mm-hmm. You can press it. Three, ours broke at Logan. 
and I just cannot find that. And no one makes repros because it's like no demand for something like that. But yeah, this because dude who had like where this guy who had raided a warehouse or something of Midway on some eBay guy just happened to have two of those. So no, you, you make it sound like they showed up in like tactical gear, like a SWAT team. Like, Give me all the three buns for war gods, and they're like, oh, you you could have them. Oh, yeah, Give them to me now. Yeah. Put them in the bag. <laughs> This is a raid. Give me all your workouts, button. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, they're they, you. They were gonna put them in the trash anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, here, you can have all two of them. Maybe some dumbass will buy them off. You yeah, know, some like, clown will want this later. They probably got nervous because they were like, these fucking psychos like war gods that much. Yeah, <laughs> nobody likes war gods. Yeah. <laughs> nobody likes war gods. They sure shit didn't play it at Riot Fest <laughs> or no. anywhere ever. Uh, I think anyway. that's about it for my. Um, my daily update. I'm just kind of rambling here to buy time because I didn't play Ridge Racer and I don't really have anything to say about it. Well, then what would you rate it? Yeah, then what would you rate it? There's a bunch of other games I can talk about that are, I'm assuming better. Ridge Racer. Look, you haven't even played it. How can you say that? I don't know. We could. It's fine. It's <laughs> Any, fine. Anyway, I, we could have talked about Outrun. We could have talked about Rad Racer. Could have talked about Super Monaco GP. Virtual Racing, Cruising Look, USA. There's still time. Hard driving, hard driving for fuck's sake would have been better. Number one, wrong. Okay, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's I not fair. That's not you. You, you took, took it too far. far. You had me for a while, but you lost me at hard driving, especially hard driving for the Genesis. Woo! Yeah, That's worse than Pit Fighter. I'd play a thousand hours of Pit Fighter before I played half an hour of fucking. Sounds like Robbie's played about a thousand driving. hours of Pit Fighter. Yeah, so. well, someday he'll beat Sidewalk Joe. I'm logging him, man. I'm logging him. No, wait, hey man, look, there's still time. We've Hard got plenty of episodes rules. in front of us. I hope uh, this is 36. I hope is not the last. Well, so I guess I guess from what I can see on the tiny TV screen of your your Twitch feed in the background of Ridge Racer looping and over and over again, I give this a, a two point five. <laughs> two point five, based sure. on the 13 inch CRT that's being broadcast yeah. over your shoulder <laughs> on live stream that you're watching on your phone, probably of the loop of the attract <laughs> mode that I watch on my phone. I will give it an average score of 2.5. <laughs> that's fair. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, there we go. I mean, Perfect. Good. For the record, I wanted to do Twist of Metal 2 or Destruction Derby or something like that. I'll just edit this yeah. out. <laughs> I know what you wanted. We'll do another. Hey, look, there's the. We're not. This isn't the last show. Don't you worry. Okay. We're gonna have to come up with some sort of a ranked choice voting system for for the games. We'll okay. do ranked I choice. Just, I just feel bad because you guys are always picking games. Um, like I've never played that. All right. Then, I played like a, mil- a million other games, so like I just I feel bad and I didn't do my homework. You ever played Pitfall Two? No. The You're trend gonna. continues. <laughs> that one's next. Maybe. Possibly. Oh, man. Look, if you can't emulate Pitfall 2, then I can't help you, but... <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't emulate games, so that's probably why. I'm just like, that's why I didn't do a Ridge Racer. I was like, oh, if I see one out in the world, and buy, I'll buy it and play it, but I never did. That's when keeping it real goes wrong. Dude, you got an Atari. I can uh, hook you up on a Wada graded one. Oh. Cheap. Five bucks? Yeah, five bucks. That works. Cool. You have to pop it open, but... That's fine. Okay. Yeah, we got hammers and shit. I'll ship it to you. Anything else we got to talk about here? I think we're good. Nothing? You? You got anything? Anything? No, I'm I'm good. No questions for me? I don't have any I don't have any further questions, Your Honor. All right. Well, it's been fun. It has been fun. Thank you for the fantastic <laughs> interview. <laughs> yeah. No problem.
Make sure you turn the volume up really loud when I talk about the War Gods buttons that I bought when you edit this. All right. Well, with, with that, sir, I will send you off then. All right. Later, y'all. Yep. See you. The one and only 8-Bit Supremacy, Ribby Coleman, everybody. Doing? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Two point five. I thought that was fair. A nice average review for a game he's never played. That he based his review on the marquee screen. I figured, on he, a, pay, I figured he put a three. Ah, uh, you know, this is off half a point. I'll take it. I don't think he wanted to give it a three. It's not a cartridge. If it was a cartridge, you might have gone three. Anyway, all right. So then, Jay, who's next? Me. You're next. I'm next. All right, Jay. What would you grade this game? What would you? What rating would you give this game? Ridge you know, Racer. I'm about it. I can't one. decide. I think I know what I'm going to put mine down as. Surprisingly, the game played a lot better than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be total shit. Yeah. Like you touch the control and just smack the wall. And there and were some pet peeves I had to it. Again, like you talk, you bump in the cars instead of like, if you clip them at the bumper, you are like launching them out instead of slowing them down. That uh-huh. slow you down. So that kind of bugged me. Yeah. But other than that, it was fun. It really was. Yeah. It's one track. But the track expands and you can play it backwards and mirror it. I know, but you you race you the race devil it. car, Jay, the devil car. But you do one race and then it's game over. It's not about the race. It's about racing against yourself. It's about per, pursuing. You're, you're lowering my score. It's about pursuing perfection. You're lowering my score. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> I'm going with bad dude himself. I'm doing a 2.5. 2.5. 2.5. Jay gives it a 2.5. We've got to keep all the numbers the same. We love driving Tyler nuts with that shit. So so the next one is, is our friend Sashimi Z. It is. So I'll read Sashimi Z's review. Oh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. Yep. Provide this review. Spent some time with the game, unlike Ribby. Yeah, at least he plays it. Yeah, at least he played it. Did he tell you how long he played it? Did he just spend two like hours? I was told two hours. He spent two hours on it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look, it's no Godzilla 2 for the NES or anything. Oh, yeah. That was bad. <laughs> John played that for a couple hours, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like how you were just like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So Sashimi Z says as follows. I can think of perhaps no game that had its lunch more thoroughly eaten than Ridge Racer, which came out just a few months before the eternal, iconic, and groundbreaking Daytona USA. The only reason anyone remembers Ridge Racer at all is that it launched with one of the best consoles ever. For every good thing I can say about Ridge Racer, I would immediately follow it up with, quote, but God, why would you play this instead of Daytona, end quote. The drift mechanic is cool in theory, but without perfect control, drifts demolish your speed. My best times are with the slowest car drifting as little as possible, which feels illegal for an arcade racer. The, quote, four tracks are also pathetically one single track slightly rearranged three times. What do Virtual Racing and Daytona have, by the way? Three tracks that play entirely differently. Neat. Just checking in. Ridge Racer is the spark of something interesting in the drift racing genre, and all of its shortcomings are addressed in sequels. Except then OutRun 2 and Initial D ate their lunch, too. 
Just miss me with this warm leftovers Ridge Racer crap and give me real Sega arcade racers next time, please. 2.0. That's harsh. That's 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 a that's intense. Yeah. So man, all right. How are you gonna how are we gonna follow that? How are we gonna follow that? Any ideas how we'll follow that up? So we're gonna call our friend John next. Ahoy, ahoy. It's that time for everyone. The man of the hour. Mr. Famicom Box himself, because that's what Tyler says I have to call him. Retro game enthusiast, John Young. You sick fuck. What are you doing? Wow. <laughs> Uh, I just opened a beer. If Tyler's having a beer, I have to have one. I got a little Jack and Coke over here. Who's having a beer? Whoa. I'm having a beer. Mike, oh. uh, how's that liver doing, man? You were just in Mexico. You really want to keep the Jack going? Look, I did not drink that much in Mexico, although they did have, like, anytime we went anywhere, it's like, hey, you want a bunch of margaritas? Sure, why not? Anyway, sir, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, things are going great. I'm cleaning a couple hundred Famicom games that I've been sitting on. I got a show this weekend that just kind of fell in my lap, so I should probably get these things Man, cleaned up and I ready to sell. I saw your picture. What a deal. 20 Famicom games for 20 bucks, like a mystery box he's putting together. That is a, that's a, you know what? Where else are you going to get that nowadays? I might know a guy that will do uh, 20 Super Famicom games for 20 bucks. <laughs> Look, there's complete box probably, right? Yeah. Look, you're, not, uh, you're not far off with some of that stuff. If you want Derby Stallion 3, okay, if you're looking for some, <laughs> if you need Thoroughbred Horse Racing or uh, Mahjong games, I got you, Famo. Could you just do 20 for 20 boxes like that and do them all of either Thoroughbred Racing or all? Mahjong. I'm not kidding when I like say literally an entire box, twenty of the same game. Maybe, That'd maybe be funny. There's a guy here in Kansas City. I was talking to him at the last uh, Retro KC show. He does a lot of uh, modding of Famicom carts. I don't know how some of those horse racing games, like whether or not they're decent boards, but. If I run into him at this show or the next one, December seventeenth, I'll uh, tell him you probably have enough that uh, you can cut him a deal. If you need some Super Famicom carts and boards, I can I can swing a deal. I probably have at this point four or five hundred games that I feel like I'll never sell, which is fine. You know how this is. I can't throw away the box, man. It's like a thirty-year-old box with a game in it. I'm like, I can't separate or destroy these things. I can't do right. it. I should. They need to be recycled and thrown in the goddamn garbage. But no one's ever gonna play them or buy them. But anyway, I digress. Uh, no, uh, Sean Tender sixty four, one of the homebrew guys that uh, one of the first homebrew guys I met like on Instagram. Uh, he would always know like, all right, I need this game with this factory code on the back. And so when I had hundreds of duplicates, he'd right. be like, oh yeah, base is loaded too. I need those, you know, like that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. I remember I was doing a deal with him in the open on Instagram and somebody like, Oh, you're destroying games. And like, there's enough bases loaded too for everybody. <laughs> if the like, world runs out of bases loaded too for the Famicom now, or the Nintendo or the NES, I'll be there's, shocked. There's a, there's a couple of back in the day before people started doing their own boards. Uh, I want to say it was like Mega Man five air slider. There was a couple like 
uh, negative infinity, like air slider, where you had to actually cannibalize like an actual Mega Man five to be able to get it, or maybe like one of the Koei games. Yeah. And people legitimately got upset about that sort of thing. I can kind of understand that, but also there's enough Mega Man five carts out there for everyone. It's like, I mean, not uh, today's prices. you can't make a copy of Mike Tyson's punch out or dragon warrior three or four without using like those boards or the emperor or those type of things. They're just those one-off boards that were only used for that board. So if you ever had like a bad copy of dragon warrior four, you have to find another one to fix it. Yeah. Or like a fried uh, copy uh, of Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah, but that's for the Famicom box. That's different. Oh, okay. Not the same thing. And that's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the only game that used, the, what is it, MM2 mapping? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I think MM2, called, yeah, the MM2 memory mapper was, I think, only the single one, you know, uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and then Tyson bit some guy's ear, and they're like, well, we can't use this mapping anymore. That decision was made well prior to that, I think. Uh, No. No, that's not how time works. That's not how time. See, look, you have to. You don't need regular history. You need revisionist history. <laughs> you uh, come, let's not get started on that. Come learn in my class. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, picked up uh, some more Famicom games. I actually found a couple of carts uh, that was missing, including. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. What does yeah. any of this have to do with what you think about Pit Fighter? Oh, pit fight. Anyway, uh, I'm, just you know what? I'm coming around on it. I'm with Robbie. The more you play it, no, I've not played it since. I'm just driven to destroy it. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I did pick up a new kitten, and it's currently chasing the cat that hates it. So I, I, I saw the new kitty on Instagram. Very cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, kittens are cute. I Who knew? New cat. Who knew? So, sorry, what were we talking about? Pit uh, fighter? Something about pit fighter. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, what what can I say that Robbie didn't say about Ridge Racer? I mean, really? Yeah, no, he really summed it up. I feel like when he reviewed it based on the marquee running off 13 inch CRT over a Twitch stream, he really nailed the the review. I, I think. In, why don't you just give me a number? We'll move on. <laughs> in his defense, he actually got most of the experience. So I'm, I'm definitely I'm thinking through this. It is through the, the one context. track. <laughs> Go on. No, I'm thinking through this in the context of uh, today, right? Like, is this worth playing? It feels so much like a demo game. There was a period of time where like PlayStation would send you a demo disc in the mail or you'd get it with a uh, magazine. Mm-hmm. And you could play the heck out of those games. I played some like BattleBot-type games. Like I don't even know the names of them. I played them over and over again just because they were on a demo disc and they were fun and never bought the actual game. But no, like uh, this, I mean, I, I get it. It was a technical marvel, and that's probably why it was like on all these lists, but that's the problem with like graphical like things you're going for at the time like over time it's no longer as impressive and so many games add so many more levels and interesting aspects and make things more real and it just doesn't look as good in hindsight that being said i have a lot of nostalgia for racing games during this time robbie mentioned virtue racing um i played the heck out of the game it was one of the blockbuster challenge games and then like PlayStation, Sega Saturn, Daytona USA, like those were the games to play. Uh, Demolition Derby. It's one of the few genres that actually worked well with that 3D dynamic, and they really kind of understood how the physics and stuff would work. I don't think Virtual Racing had any sort of drifting, so this had to be one of the first drifting games. And I didn't care that it wasn't realistic. It was just fun as like a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mario 64, like the, the drifting on that was kind of complicated. So, I mean, it really wasn't kind of... Mario Kart 64? Sorry, thank you very much. Yeah, Mario Kart 64. I was like, I don't remember drifting in Mario 64, but sure, it could have been that. Maybe. No, no, no. 
So it was a good mix of fun and interesting. The music was decent. Uh, like you said, you could switch out the cart, or sorry, the, the CD to have like your own music, which Twisted Metal was the first one that that was. And then I think Monster Rancher had like something where if you put in certain CDs, it could read the code and give you like a special monster. So it was like, it's what Sonic and Knuckles promised us with lock on technology to say like, this is the future of gaming, almost like just switching out a CD playing Nirvana's Nevermind and being like, I got a special monster because, you know, uh, it ended in a two. I don't know. So for me, the controls are decent. There's a lot of fun to be had there. If it was two player, it'd be great because this is definitely one of those games where if you were playing it over and over again, you know, you could like have some replay value. But I'm with Tyler, man. Like, the one racetrack that, okay, the reverse is nice. I mean, a nice little programming trick of transposing everything. It doesn't offer everything that so many other games do. You know, I know you're a big N64 fan. Diddy Kong Racing has so many more, like, iterations on levels and being able to, like, uh, replay with, like, a new, like, twist. I know it's a later game. It came out, like, two years later. Oh, two years later. Oh, never mind then. No, it's, it's uh, go go, time, go compare it to it was, Gran Turismo, I guess, because that's about when Gran Turismo came out, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I believe you. I never played that one. Uh, I was more of a Need for, need for Speed kid. <laughs> the fact that they were able to take what was in the arcade and bring it home, and then have like just like the constant commentary from the dude being like, "You're as good of a driver as me." Ah, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> no through. Through my historical eyes, at the time, I understand why people liked it. But I also understand why, unless you're picking it up for like $3 in a thrift store, I don't know if it's really something that you want to like sit down and play a lot of. I just don't see that replay value. So I'm torn between agreeing with Jay's score and agreeing with uh, Shishimi's score. (laughs) Okay, I see. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say, I'm torn between Robbie and Jay's score, which are identical, which would have been much yes. funnier, by the way, but oh, well, not as, not as uh, earnest. So please. I do think if you sit down, two hours is horrible. I don't know if Sashimi walked around that course or what, but um, if you're playing it for like, I guess, two hours at max, uh, you can have a good time. You can kind of get an idea of it. Like it's not hard to get into. Um, but if this is a game that you picked up for 60 bucks back in the day or whatever it was when it came out, 50 was at the PlayStation selling point that all their games were 50. Mm. I don't remember um, how much I paid for this game, but I bought it when it came out. 50 sounds pretty paid, accurate. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. Like, I think PlayStation was 50, Nintendo was 60 or 70. And then, like, it was like, all right, what can you buy with a $50 bill? So, 50 bucks, and then, like, you can't play two player. Uh, I'm going to have to put it at a, let's say 2.5. What if you didn't have any friends? Would it have changed your score? Well, at least your friends can be like, hey, look at how good you are at doing that same track over and over again. And that's, that's, <laughs> watch that, me right? play like, the same track again. Watch it. Grade the my me- performance. Good. The music was actually decent considering, you know, I mean, like it was kind of fun in that manner, but like racing games just got so much better. I don't see why we go back to this one. Daytona USA is a better game to go back to. If you want to play around with the history of that time and like what you should play. Yeah. 2.5. 2.5. It is. All right. Well, you got for us, John, uh, $20 boxes of Famicom games. You guys. Fuck. Yeah. John, you got your ticket for uh, Midwest gaming classic, right? 
Yeah, I got it. I'm gonna. Uh, so I have one of the forever tickets from 2020. So oh, that's right. Need, uh, oh. He yeah. got tickets to 2020 and didn't go last year. So mm-hmm. or or the year prior to that either. Well, it sounds like the Hummingbird Suite's gonna have some extra room. So I'm about to book oh. that as soon as I'm. I'm about to book all that stuff. So I'm gonna talk to you about tickets and all that good stuff. So yeah, we need to talk. About yeah, we'll figure. Uh, out. I'll talk it over with Kasha. We actually might be getting our own place. Just uh, you know, whatever. But it'll probably be in the same hotel. Um, Very good. And I got to reach out to some of those Midwest Gaming Classic dudes that I talked to when I was supposed to be involved. So the dudes. Doesn't want you to bring anything. The museum dudes. Yeah, Jeff Lewis, solid guy. Uh, Dan Luchin, also solid guy, but doesn't have time to talk to me as much. So screw him. <laughs> Frank says I do the same thing. Sneak into the vendor hall for two years. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> You shifty! I see. First, first he goes and sells Robbie a sun faded game, and then he admits to sneaking into the Midwest Gaming Classic. Unsavory, my yeah. kind of guy. My kind of guy. I was gonna say I want to meet this guy. Yeah, well, I have a feeling we're gonna be friends. Frank, I love Frank. He's a good dude. All right, if that's it, uh, sir. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. About to start drinking this beer. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy your beer. Thanks, Mr. Suds himself. Retro game enthusiast. The Casey Masterpiece. John Young. Bye, John. See ya. You're looking at me because it's my turn, aren't you? Yep. You want to go last? Let's go. Giddy up. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not an apologist for games, okay? I try to look at things in the current state, but it's very difficult sometimes to separate yourself from the moment you played that game. The PlayStation was the first console I ever pre-ordered. It was the first console I ever bought the day it came out. Did you even pre-order an N64? Came out after this. And no. It was. It was It was the first one I ever pre-ordered. It was the first one I went and got the day it came out. And this was the game I got. Right? This and Battle Arena Toshinden. Because I had already paid for the console. I've told that story on the show before, but I'll tell it quickly again. Yeah. Babbage's was having a, a promotion where if you brought them any 16-bit console and any three 16-bit games, you got $100 credit. So I was all over the news groups and working at Funko Land, bringing every copy of you know, NFL pro quarterback or whatever it was for, for Genesis to them. So it was paid for when I got there and I wound up buying battle arena Toshinden and, and Ridge racer and, and mortal Kombat came out not too long after it was very, very soon after, but, and I really, really enjoyed Ridge racer. I really did. It's hard to separate the fact that that was probably one of the first games I ever played that was a true representation of the experience of playing that arcade game. It was a very, very faithful port of Ridge Racer, which I played in the arcade. It was as close as you were going to get at home to having like an arcade style game at that time, you know? So it was somewhat revolutionary for me. Now, that being said, I understand its challenges. I understand its limitations, physics issues, the, the drifting, the lack of, you know, features. It is, it is limited. But I do, like when you, like you said, when we sat down and played the game, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I get that it could be repetitive, but especially at that time, I probably had more. I had less attention deficit at the time. I was like, let's sit down and play Ridge Racer. I'm going to try and beat the next track, or not the next track because there isn't one, but I'm going to try and beat my time from the last time or, you know, come in first or whatever it is. 
I'm giving this game a 3.5. I can't give it anything higher than that, but I did really enjoy it. I understand its limitations, but I think 3.5, which is exactly what you put it at. I gave it the Valdor. I got you and John. I feel like this is a 3.5 for me. I really enjoyed this game. I liked playing it. I understand that it is, again, limited. There's not a lot of diversity. That was never a problem for me. You know, I, I just, I really liked it. But yeah. again, I can't, I can't go any higher than that. And I wasn't looking to, you know, give it a five or anything like that. But to me, this is a 3.5. All right. So there it is, everybody. So there Some we books. go. So Jay, with the LJN game ratings behind us. If they are in our proverbial rear view mirror. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got him. <laughs> Swish. Anyway. <laughs> Where would you be able to go play this game today? What platforms was this game released on? And how could you play it? Well, you could go to the arcade. <laughs> and you could play the arcade full experience. What you was could. it called? What was it called? It's I, a I Miata. Can't... It's a Miata. <laughs> the Euro Roadster. The Euro Roadster. The Ridge Racer full scale. Yeah, the full scale. All you need is a front projection projector, a 10 foot wide screen, and a Mazda Miata or Euro Roadster. You know what would make that better? If you can go play the Euro, the, the full scale, eating small dress chips. <laughs> or little... Zesty Morton. Yeah. Get some Zesty Mortons. Just saying. I Just would saying. probably have Dairy Queen myself. Speaking of some Canadian <laughs> stuff, where's... uh? Tiger Wolf. I haven't seen him in a while. Nah, he'll be back. <laughs> he'll be back. <laughs> we love Just him. thought about that. Yeah, it's all right. You know, can I say he hasn't been around? look, not everybody can show up all the time. Okay. He's been around in a while. Mm. Was he on last week? We'll reach out to him. Well, I'll make sure he's okay. Okay. I'll do a, a wellness check. A wellness check. But yeah, you can play it on the arcade. Uh, you can play it, of course, on the PlayStation. You can play it on the PSP. Mobile phones. So the mobile, the mobile phones part was interesting because it was like mid-2000s mobile phones. Oh, like so I can't is, download it on my phone. No, this was like two years before the iPhone was invented. So like mobile phones means like whenever I see that, I think Java, <laughs> like a Java oh. port of the game. Is that a sidekick? You might have played it on something like a T-Mobile Dash or a, yes, a sidekick, something like that. Maybe a Motorola V60i or a Nokia 232. You couldn't have played it on those. Maybe Doom, but not that. But yes. So, go ahead. Nope. No Ridge Racer on my iPhone. I'm, ah, I'm looking. Lots of racing games on here, though. But not Ridge Racer. I'm sure there's one probably equally as terrible. Okay. But. Um, Damn. Yeah. And the Zebo. Debo. Okay. The Zebo is a console that was released in the late 2000s, mostly in like Brazil and Mexico. It was a download-only console, and they put a bunch of games on it, apparently. You can only download them. There was no physical media, right? A little ahead of its time, honestly, when you think about it. 2009, that is 14 years after the release of Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer made it. Quake also made it. Quake 2, which those games are generally kind of easy to port, like the whole Doom thing. Download-only, but there's a copy of this game for the Zebo. Now, my question is this. Is it like um, an iPhone that has Angry Birds on it when they took Angry Birds off the store? Whatever that game was, that, not Angry Birds, whatever that, Flappy Bird. When they took Flappy Bird off of the iOS app store and people were like selling iPhones with Flappy Bird on it for a bunch of money, is it like that where you have to have a Zebo that downloaded Ridge Racer to be able to play this today? Can you even still play a Zebo game today? This is like, 
the FM Towns Marty without physical media to me. I need I need a Zebo. I need a Zebo and an FM Towns Marty. Every time you say that, all I can think about is Friday now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, my mama gave me that gold necklace. <laughs> my mama gave that chain. Yeah, that chain. I want to spend Red's money. I can imagine like a Zebo all talking shit to Red. What's up on my forty, homie? <laughs> what you got on my forty, homie? Nothing, man. Yeah, you got something. <laughs> Stall him out, Zebo. <laughs> All right, so we got the Zebo. All right, anyway. There was a PC port planned, but it eventually was canceled. Frank, Frank says, you don't need that. You know me better than you realize. I don't need that. Anyway, if anybody has a Zebo for sale, hit me up. I just got paid. You just got paid. <laughs> yes, there was a PC port planned, but was eventually canceled. This seems like it could be a good PC game, although I think there's just not enough to it. Although, in general, when I think about PC games, you usually play them for about four minutes, and that's it. So, would have been a good fit. Well, that's probably about accurate for that. Which leads us right to collecting. <laughs> Time to talk about collecting. Dude, okay. Zebo's not priced too bad. You can get one. I guarantee you get one. You know why? Because you can't do anything with it anymore. Oh, shit. There's one with Tekken 2 on it. 200 bucks. Shit. Well, uh, Tekken 2's on it. We might need it. All right. A little bit about collecting in this game. It's It's interesting. You know, it's one of those things that you think, oh, there's just a couple copies and it's very simple and blah, blah, blah. Nope, it's never that easy. It's never that easy. For the PlayStation 1, there are four variants of this game. There is the standard long box, which for those it, you know joining us on Twitch right now on the live stream can see right in front of me here, the standard long box release of Ridge Racer, launch title for the PlayStation. Yeah. Okay, there's a long box, not, not for sale version of the game, it says not for sale down at the bottom as well and that was a pack-in you know later a little bit later on when the game you know when they when they finally started packing a game with with the ps1 which is weird because you put a long box version of a pack-in you know what i mean like that was the only way they could distribute the game at the time in the u.s yeah so like to think that that was the size of a packing game is kind of it seems like a waste of space but whatever you would think they would just get since it's a pack-in they would have just got like the cardboard put know, it the in cardboard a like demo or like yes. single sleeve they like used what saturn did with yeah. the virtual fighter yes. and all that stuff yes. and, and time co- or uh, virtual cop and all that stuff so there's the not for sale version which is the standard long box version but says not for sale on the front there is a standard jewel case version of this game with the black label Okay, same game, just in a smaller standard CD-style jewel case. And then there is a Greatest Hits version of this game, which has the green Greatest Hits logo on it. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting about this to me, and I've, you know, as you deal with PlayStation variants, Mortal Kombat 3 has a PlayStation variant where you have the long box and you have the jewel case. The game itself is the same. The physical game, the disc in the tray, is the same game whether you have the long box or the jewel case. All four of these different variants have different discs. The standard long box is a pink disc that has its own catalog number, which is SCUS 94300. Okay. The not for sale version is the same pink disc, except for it says not for sale on the disc. And it has no catalog number, by the way. There's no catalog number associated with it. The jewel case version, same catalog number, SCUS 94300. But the disc is no longer pink on the cover. It has the graphics of the front of the game. Like that front graphic on, on the case of the game yeah. is also kind of part of what's on the disc. So if you're going for a jewel case version of this game, you cannot just stick a pink version of the game in the tray. They don't match. And then there is the greatest hits version. So this is kind of like Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night, the standard version has like a, a silk screened actual logo over the, like the whole thing is silk screened. Yeah. And the 
Greatest Hits version is like almost all silver with just some text, but it's a silver disc that says Ridge Racer and it has its own catalog number, SLUS00540. So the point there is, if you're a variant collector for the PlayStation, that fucking sucks because you have to buy four different versions of this stupid game and all the discs must match their, you know, the variant. Oh yeah, because some dickhead could have put the wrong disc oh, in the wrong box. It, undoubtedly it's happened a million times. So with that being said, I'm going to talk a little bit about the cost of these games. The long box is like a five to $7 game loose. It's like a 20 to $25 game complete in box for the standard long box. This version you see here mm -hmm. again, it's kind of condition sensitive because the clips on that break and you know, the disc, the, the fronts crack and all that stuff. So a nice one caught might cost you a little bit more. You might be able to get one that's broken or what for a little bit less. Sealed that that first production style of that game like that that's that you know the standard run of it. There have been sales on eBay for like eleven to fourteen hundred dollars for it sealed. Okay, that's just raw sealed. Okay, yeah. we'll get into the graded stuff later. The not for sale version a little bit more expensive. Okay, the not for sale version was like I think sixteen or something like that dollars for the loose disc, and then it was about the same for the actual. Uh, jewel case, like the whole complete in box version of it. And I didn't find any. So when I say about the same, I should say about 25 to $30. Right. And then yeah. the sealed version, I didn't find any sealed versions of it. The PlayStation jewel case version of this game is definitely one of those difficult games to find. If you are a jewel case variant collector for PS one, I'm sorry. Okay. Because games like this or games like mortal Kombat three can be prohibitively expensive comparatively okay this game there i didn't find any loose sales of this game as a as a as a raw loose game with the graphics on it for the jewel case version which you know if you see one on ebay or you see one at a show that has the graphics i would grab it because the, you're not going to see that very often okay mm -hmm. because i will tell you there was one sale of this game cib for the, just the standard jewel case version of ridge racer 350 plus dollars huge premium if you want that okay it's not as bad as something like mortal Kombat, which is generally regarded as the hardest to find of those okay yeah. but again a very early title that got reissued and repackaged for a very short period of time as a black label jewel case variant 350 dollars for a used cib there were no sealed copies of that game sold that i could see the greatest hits version is is dirt cheap i mean like it's four bucks for a loose game ten dollars for its cib and sealed, it was $35. What sealed game from 1995 can you buy anymore that's $35? Ridge Racer. Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits. Jewel Case. Jewel so case. that's a little bit about the collecting, but it's, it's a little bit more diverse than you think because there are literally four different individual variants that all have their own discs, and that makes it much more complicated to collect. I normally so. wouldn't condone buying loose disc games in general i wouldn't but, but this be, one for four bucks you buy it you play it and you frisbee the fucker yeah for four what else are you getting for four dollars nowadays a gallon of gas no maybe well, i don't buy the gas depends where you live four, 409 if you're out on you're on the west coast you ain't getting no four dollar gas buddy oh, maybe in georgia no. georgia's got you know they got low gas prices all right a little bit about graded this i'm going to use this as an example i know i don't want to run too long tonight but i'm going to say i'm going to use this as an example of where the graded game market is going and, and what people value from the graded game market in general. And I know a lot of people don't give a shit about this and I don't blame them. I really don't either. You look around and there's a lot of graded games here, but really they're, it's a novelty for me. It's fun. So 
You lie. You secretly love it. I do not love it. <laughs> I don't. I do think it's very funny that at some point all these are going to wind up in a box. <laughs> and who's going to give probably a Probably in your storage. about my 7.5A tailspin for TurboGrafx-16? Who's going to care then? Nobody. When I, I die, no, bury no. me with tailspin. No. Bury me with blue. Anyway... So, again, I want to use this a little bit as an example of kind of how things have gone and, and kind of what you should also expect, right? So, I'm going to start from the most expensive and we're going to kind of go down. In April of this year, April of t- late April 2022, there were three sales of this game all within one day of each other. It was probably one of Heritage, like, you know, big stupid auctions that they promote, like, oh, yeah, these, are the, these are the classics, these are the big deal games, blah, blah, blah. The original release... Long box version of this game, 9.8 A plus, April 22nd, 2022, $9,600. We talked about how this game was also a pack-in, okay? And what we found out is there are two different versions of the pack-in game. One has a UPC, one does not. So again, if you're variant chasing, there's five you want, okay? I'm trying to make it easy for you folks, but really there's five. That pack-in version of the game on the same day, in the same grade, 9.8 A plus, were the... The retail release was $9,600, $4,320. So that tells you right there that people value the actual retail release more than the pack-in version, okay? Because those sold, like, on the same day. In the same auction, my guess is probably back-to-back, you know. If I went back and looked, they probably sold back-to-back. One day later, a 9.0A of the early release, like the retail release, one that was sold for $9,600, a 9.0A sold for $1,920. So that tells you the difference between a 9.0A and a 9.8A+. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this in baseball cards before. Where it's like yeah. a PSA Griffey 10 rookie upper deck is like thousands of dollars. And then the 9 is like hundreds. And then like a 7 is like 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that whole thing here. Okay, so that's part of that. Now, also I thought this was interesting. And this this should be able to kind of paint where graded games have gone from a from an investment <laughs> perspective okay so if you don't use that word very loosely there was a 8.5 a plus of this game that sold october 29th 2021 that game that 8.5 a plus in october of 2021 sold for 3600 10 months later august 2022 just a couple months ago right that game sold for $1,140. The same one because it's from the same collection with the same grade and it's the only one that exists of that grade. So you can guarantee that that was the same version. That is less than one third of what that game sold for just 10 months prior. What a fucking terrible investment. This is indicative of what's happening in this market. Everything got pushed up. It all ballooned. And you you don't want to be the guy holding the bag. Two thirds of the amount of money that you spent, you lost. And I'll bet you this guy's like, I got to cut my losses. I got to get rid of this thing. Because he bought it to make money, and it wasn't making any money. So, anyway, just a little bit about the graded sales of this game. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the population report, okay? Just a little bit minor. This long box release, the early, you know, the, the retail release of the game, five of them exist. Best grade, 9.8, A+. We talked about that, the sales of that game. The greatest hits, there's only one. There's only one that's been graded. You know why? Why would you spend $110 to grade a $35 fucking sealed game? <laughs> Let me look around here for as Jay looks around at all the bullshit that's here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the one I'm the I'm living in the sewers picking these 
things off. It's great. I say, I'm guessing about two thirds of these great games you have set here came out of some fucking grandma's basement. I will bet you that I also paid less than it cost to grade them. That's probably true. <laughs> anyway, so there's one of those. Again, why would you do that? The, the not for sale versions, the pack-ins, there's a UPC and a non-UPC. The UPC version, three of them have been graded, the best grade, 9.8 A+, and the non-UPC, only one has been graded at 9.4 B+. So in total, there are 10 of these games that have ever been graded, ever. Yet the price plummets to you know 200%. You lose 67% of what you paid for one in 10 months. That doesn't seem like a good investment. This is almost as bad as the whole FTX thing that's going on. It's not quite as bad, but it's bad. Anyway, all that information comes from eBay and Heritage Auctions. So that's a little bit about the collecting of Ridge Racer. That was a lot of it. It was a lot of it. Jay, why don't you tell me a little bit about speedrunning, and then we'll wrap up. What do you say? We can do that. So for speedrunning, so we had 15 runners with 204 runs, still more than Godzilla. So uh, for run type, so we have the normal cup, the extra cup, and the extra cup special car. I'm guessing the special car is the... The 13th one. racing? Yeah, that stupid thing. The Basically, black. the special car was you could choose any of the special cars you unlock from the Galaxian game. Oh, That's okay. what it was. Okay. All the speed runs were done by the same person for all three of them. So it's uh, it, they were all done by Arms 08 Yuki. Yep. Japanese fellow. Yes. Most of these happened a couple of years ago. Yes. And uh, they're all pretty close to each other. So the normal cup was 10 minutes and 37 seconds. The extra cup was 10 minutes and 55 seconds. And the extra cup special car was 10 minutes and 26 seconds. So they're all pretty close to each other. Yeah. The extra cup was playing on a higher level of difficulty. The extra cup of the special car meant higher difficulty, but having access to the cars you could unlock. Which makes sense. That's a little bit about the speed running it of this is. game. That's all from speedrun.com. Just think, Robbie could have played this game in 10 minutes and, and discussed it, but no. Could have. He, just he could have got his, it for $35 sealed. He based his review off of the Panasonic TV over $35 sealed. Yeah, I know. In 10 minutes. He paid more than twice that for Sonic CD. Now, to be fair, it's a pretty Sonic good game. CD. Yeah. Pretty good game. Hmm. So, Jay, so what, are, what game are we going to do next? That's a great question. What game are we going to do next? I say, fuck it. We're going to do Pit Fighter 2. Pit Fighter 2? Yep. Wait, isn't that the Guardians of the Hood? No, it's Pit Fighter 2. No, we're going to do Pitfall 2. Pitfall 2 it is. And I'm not sure if our friend Tyler is in chat or not, but we would welcome him to come on, even if just to discuss shortly, or he can come on for the entire show for all I care. Because he is playing it for the Atari 800 and has a lot of insight about that game. Anyway, so we go. Pitfall 2, multiple platforms existed on Commodore, Atari 2600, Atari 800, obviously. I think we'll, we'll be centric to the 2600, which is yeah. the version that I am most familiar with. So, all right, Jay, with all that being said, hold on. Pitfall 2 is the coolest. You let me know. So it sounds like Tyler's in. So we'll probably have a guest on November 30th. Potentially, we'll have our friend Tyler. Wait some turkey, and we'll talk about Default, Pitfall 2. J-E-N will be on. He'll be on the LGN Network. <laughs> the LGN Network. So, Jay, the people listening to the show now, how can they find us? Did you know we had a link tree? No, what is that? It's a, it, it's a link you can type in. How do you? And it'll take you to all of, our, all of our social media. If I were on my phone, and I was attempting to access said 
like tree. tree. How would I do that? You'd actually open your your browser of choice. Whether I use Chrome. I'm a Duck, Chrome Duck guy. Go or so you would type in your on your browser of choice. You would actually type in. The, uh, the address for the link tree. Yeah, how's that Our work? link tree address is actually linkter. Yeah. Dot ee. Yeah. Forward slash lost joystick. Perfect. Fantastic. Yes, link tree forward slash lost joystick. No, it's linkter. Dot ee forward slash lost joystick. I'm so sorry. It's the stress on the tur. I got linkter. it. I got it. Okay. Now I understand. Just wanted to make sure. No. And luckily, it's also right here in front of me in the notes I wrote, so I, I know. Okay. And we do also have our regular social media, so you can go to Lost Joystick for our Instagram or our Twitter. Okay. Or for Facebook and Twitch, you go to Lost Joystick Network. And we have our email address, info at lostjoystickNetwork.com. You know, I actually get more emails than I tell you at that email. Why don't you tell me? Well, I got the one from Sean we talked about, right? Yeah. Our friend Chefish, who we love. Yeah. I also get the invoice for the rent here. Is that where that goes? Yeah. Oh. You don't have to tell me about all those emails. Yeah, I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. No, I'm good. No. Probably not something we need to discuss Thanks. on the show. Yeah, you can you can take care of that. <laughs> you can take care of that. You can take care of the rent. Rent's too damn high. It is too damn high. It is too damn high. All right. So So we got some rock and roll. I would say that we don't have any rock and roll, but I would say that I am William S. Preston Esquire. And that makes um, you... Ted Theodore Logan. And that makes us... Wild Stallions. <laughs> so with that, I will say that go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs>